Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Let's talk about work on a Monday, just to make your Monday awesome. Some of us don't like work on a Monday. Uh, I believe it was Jonas Salk who said the reward for work well done is the opportunity to do more work. And sometimes when we look at work, uh, it's it's easy to get wrapped up in the rat race and chase of a career, of all the things that go with it. And there was just an intriguing article today uh, in the New York Post. And uh, our producer Kelly flagged this one for me. And it is so interesting. It's how Silicon Valley taught America to treat work as a religion. So, so interesting. Uh, and it dives in. It, it talks about uh, all the self-improvement that goes on in organizations today and the retreats and the massage therapists coming in. And now you've got pods and uh, for you, know, you can take your nap or nurse your baby. Uh, all the things, all the that is being done by corporations. Why? So you will stay at work. So that you will keep working. So that you can actually work more hours and put more time in. But the most interesting thing to me that has happened, I think, from a work culture standpoint, is that we've really turned work into this form of religion. Where, especially for young workers, uh, many who find themselves in cities they've never been to, they're outside of their high school or college structure, their friend circle, their family uh, dynamic. And what these businesses do incredibly well is they make work the place that you get meaning. And so they have motivational speakers come in and they have a, a book club and they have, of course, all of the food and the amenities that are there. And Silicon Valley is really, really good at this. And for many, it ends up being the religion. It, be, it ends up becoming the only place where people find meaning. And that becomes part of the challenge. Uh, work is important. Uh, there's a, a great uh, book out. It's called Work, Pray, Code. It's a Princeton University Press. Uh, and it's... It's about meaning because a lot of the younger generation, the millennials, the Gen Zs, they are looking for that meaning. Uh, sadly, they're being served up all the wrong things because, in essence, when your work becomes the only place that you find meaning, uh, you're going to stay there more, which is good for business, good for the company, 
may not be the best thing for you in the long run. And so finding that important balance between work and real life, and more importantly, finding meaning in work and life, uh, is just a really interesting debate. And I think it's fascinating to look at how a place like the tech sector goes about it versus how someone like Arthur Brooks goes about it. Uh, we're going to have Arthur back on uh, in a couple of weeks here to, to talk about his new book, which is all about finding meaning in the back half of your life and where you should be looking for for that meaning. And I'll tell you, it is very different from what's happening in Silicon Valley. So sometimes when we think we have all of these amenities and all of these uh, great perks that come uh, from our employer and work, that's good. That's a fine thing. Uh, just make sure that you're not having your source of meaning be one and the same. Uh, in this uh, book, uh, Work, Pray, Code, uh, the author who's a sociologist, uh, Carolyn Chen, uh, she makes a really interesting comment. She says, people are not selling their souls at work. They're finding them at work uh, in a very different way, in a way that's very structured within the corporate code uh, of what the employer wants. And so finding that balance, I think, is, is such a vital component to all of this. Uh, and figuring out what that means, I think, is is so important. Uh, and again, in a in a world uh, that is becoming less religious, less faith focused, uh, more and more of these uh, younger generation are uh, religious nuns, N O N E S. Um, so they are finding that meaning in other places uh, because we've lost that uh, that common place of gathering. And I actually think uh, if we take this all the way across the world to Ukraine. Uh, this is actually one of the things I think Vladimir Putin fears the most is faith, faith and freedom, faith and freedom combined never end well for the dictator. History has taught us that. And Ukraine, whether you know it or not, is a very faith filled country and very diverse faith filled country. We talked about it last week that the largest Jewish community center in the world is not in Israel and not in the United States. It's in Ukraine. And there are hosts of other religious faiths that are there and have been thriving in Ukraine. Uh, that doesn't bode well for Vladimir Putin. Because when you combine faith and the freedom to work, to start your own business, to have upward mobility and opportunity, uh, that really doesn't end well for dictators. And so I think that is the uh, the problem that uh, Vladimir Putin is facing and why Ukraine matters to him uh, is as much about faith and freedom as it is anything else. Uh, if you missed earlier in the show today, we broke it down in terms of uh, some of the challenges uh, by someone who had actually interviewed Vladimir Putin, uh, talked about how much he mourned the the loss and the collapse of the former Soviet empire. And why that mattered so much to him and still matters to him. It's why he's making so many of the decisions he's making today. Uh, and as he becomes more isolated and more erratic, more paranoid, uh, that's what happens. That is exactly what happens. 
And so bringing it full circle back to uh, back to this idea of work, uh, we do have to check our attitude about work uh, and how we approach it. You know, is it something that we tolerate? Is it something we endure? Uh, are we just living for the nights and the weekends? Uh, one eye on the clock. Uh, are we always, you know, longing for that work day to end? How bad are your Mondays? You know, do you get a pit in your stomach halfway through the weekend as you start the countdown clock of when you're going to have to go back? So you have to figure out what that balance is. And to me, it's about being creative uh, and having creativity and curiosity in your life uh, and finding those opportunities in the new day and being inspired by the opportunities. I, I really believe, have long believed that. Everybody gets some natural gifts and talents. And if you aren't using those on a regular basis, you will not be happy. It doesn't matter what your title is or what your paycheck says. And some people say, oh, I'd get used to it. And it's just not true. I have seen it play out at every economic level. From multi-million dollar salaried people uh, to the hourly person. If you aren't finding some way every day to use your natural gifts and talents, your signature strengths, you're not going to be happy. And that's when we get weary. That's when we get frustrated. Uh, it just leads to a, a host of, of other problems. Uh, I go back to Jonas Salk. Uh, he was probably the best example. He was a scientist and was just tireless in his efforts to find cures for disease. And he had just had this vision. He was going to make the world a better place. And because of that, he passionately got up every morning. Uh, somebody once said that work will always be a spiritual necessity, even and especially when it's no longer a physical necessity. So take a little time today and evaluate your relationship with work. The reward of good work is a chance to do more good work. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Insight Sources today here on KSL News Radio. As always, as you go out into the world, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. Your all-day resource for critical breaking news, traffic and weather, and conversation about Utah's most important stories. Listen on any smart speaker, the KSL News Radio app, and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL FM Midvale. KSL Salt Lake City. KSL News Radio. Utah's all-day companion for news. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.